I'm going to be talking with Bill Drake today, who is the Assistant Director of Athletics for Student-Athlete Health and Wellness here at Gonzaga University in Spokane, Washington. I've had the privilege of working with Bill over the course of this last year, and he has a super interesting and unique role here at Gonzaga and oversees student-athlete mental health and wellness, strength and conditioning, nutrition, and athletic training. And he just brings a wealth of knowledge um, and has been a huge asset here uh, at the university in his really unique role. Um, we're going to be talking to him today about some of the challenges that athletes face today, student-athletes face today, and just kind of how Bill came to be in his role and a little bit more about mental health and athletics. So here we go. Okay, so I am sitting here with Bill Drake, and he is the Assistant Director of Student Athlete Mental Health and Wellness uh, here at Gonzaga University. And I've been working with Bill um, over the course of this year, and he is an awesome person to work with and to know, and great leader. And I'm super excited to get going on today's conversation. Welcome, Bill. Thanks, Carrie. Hey, it's great to be here. This is exciting to talk about this. Yeah, looking forward Overall, to it. Overall, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, why don't we get into just kind of where you have come from and how you came to be in this position. It's such a unique role here at Gonzaga, so maybe talk a little bit about where where you're coming from and how you came to be in this really unique role here at Gonzaga. Well, I feel really lucky to be here, number one. I think Gonzaga Athletics did a really nice job to recognize and be head of the curve that the student-athlete health and wellness overall needed coordination uh, in any athletic department, right? I mean, I think across the country that we've got we've got great sports medicine, great strength coaches, nutrition and well-being and access to counselors. But if all of that isn't coordinated, isn't kind of put together, then it can be challenging. It doesn't matter how many good good people you have in those spots. You really need it to be coordinated. So when they incre created the assistant athletic director for student athlete health and wellness role, I was excited to, I didn't, I didn't know or think I'd have a shot at it, but I sure threw my hat in the ring to... Um, to say, hey, what the heck, you, you, you can't get the job if you don't apply for the job. Totally, So, yep. so why don't you throw your throw your name in the ring and see what happens? And um, I had I had worked uh, at Washington State University just south of here for many years, and and of course Gonzaga was a big rival. So yeah. it was like, oh, you're going, you're going, you're applying for a job at the rival school. Yeah, making the move. And then it wasn't a rival as as Gonzaga wins so much. Pretty soon we we really didn't play <laughs> each other, and and so to be able to be up here with Gonzaga with all the great people, number one, and uh, great department and university. Uh, and then also uh, able to win. I mean, they, yeah. they really, they, we really win a lot here at Gonzaga, and that is that can inspire people and yeah, and, it's and fun to be a part it, of do it the right way. And so that's been that's been fun. I love that. Yeah, that's great. Can you talk a little bit about your role here? What it what it is that you do with the student athletes specifically? So we over oversee and coordinate all of these different, you know, the different branches of nutrition, athletic training, strength and conditioning, and, you know, mental health and wellness, just kind of what that looks like in the day to day. And um, yeah, can you just talk a little bit yeah. more about that. Yeah, the four, uh, you kind of break it into the quick four areas. There's a little <laughs> sound bite when people ask me that. Yeah. Yep, four areas, uh, sports med, strength and conditioning, 
nutrition and well-being mental health mm -hmm. and the, the little bit of the deeper dive on that is again that you've got a, a, a great athletic trainers here Josh Therian's our head athletic trainer and his team of athletic trainers are great uh, you jump over to strength and conditioning with Mike Nielsen our head our head strength coach and and uh, uh, Travis Michael and, and Nick uh, great strength coaches. You, you look at our nutrition, you jump to nutrition and you look at our Sodexo contract with uh, Mike Schroeder and Margie running our fuel cell for our student athletes. Uh, and then you jump to mental health and working with folks like yourself. You know, the fact mm -hmm. that we were able to work with you in the, in the Master's Social Worker Program has just been fantastic addition. And all the things you're doing for SAC has been great. And then we work with our, our counselors. Uh, we've, got, we've got three uh, counselors we work with here in town, uh, kind of in the private sector. And then one really, really important part, I think, for athletic departments is to make sure they're dovetailed with their campus um, partners. Uh, we've got mm -hmm. three specifically here. We've got our Office of Health Promotion mm -hmm. uh, with Jenna. She's great. We've got our Center for Cure Personalysis personalis treating the whole person with Nicola she's been super to work with and then we have a new director starting up with us with our health and counseling services and all their counselors so you're gonna kind of wanna um, you know not isolate you're gonna wanna kind of coordinate and, and have it be a broad approach with many different folks and then bring those four teams together and sure. coordinate and talk and communicate appropriately and and that's what then I think makes the best experience for the student athlete o over time for sure okay awesome I know that although it is a you know four-pronged approach and you're super busy overseeing um, each of those things that so much of your day is spent on a lot of you know the mental health challenges that student athletes are facing and I think it's important to recognize that you know, especially today in our society and our the the age of tech, you know, all the stressors that that student athletes are just even more stressed today than they've ever been. Just lots of outside stress. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the specific challenges that athletes face when it comes to mental health and kind of where you see patterns of, of yeah, where those challenges are? Yeah. It's, it's funny when I explain it to people, I often hold up my hand and I'll say, yeah, for, I coordinate or I help coordinate four areas, <laughs> uh, sports med, uh, strength, nutrition, well-being. And then I said, really, the real story some days is I just hold up my thumb like a thumbs up <laughs> and I go, it's mental health and some other stuff. Yeah, uh, Because totally. there is a lot of mental health. If you look at any university, any age population of, of young people today, high schools, universities, uh, lots of mental health concerns going on. For and I, sure. I, I think I think it's it's interesting. We were saying about the phones the other day that, you know, I was 35 years old before I had a smartphone in front of my face. Yeah. And kind of doing the little dopamine hit each day with my smartphone. Yeah. And, and we held off on our kids until high school, but that was a while ago now. And yeah. I, I think it's hard for parents because, boy, those kids are having those phones in junior high. Yep. And and they're great. They're great to have a computer in your pocket and great to be able to call yeah. your kids and, and, and stay connected in many ways. But one of the little research things I read the other day was, you know, it's the most socially connected generation mm -hmm. that feels the most isolation. Totally, yeah. And 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 I think that I think a lot of the screen time has caused 
social social isolation. Right. Um, uh, you know, being an adolescent is tough enough yeah. without any tech or any screen yeah. time or devices. Yeah. Uh, but but boy, if you throw that in and we're really judging everything on the social media and and we're comparing everything, I, I look at myself back as an adolescent. I wouldn't have wanted to compare more than just my five to ten friend social group in high school. I wouldn't have wanted three hundred people to know some of my weaknesses and some of my uh, right. stuff and and, and have to worry about that big of, uh, of a, a kind of a facade approach or a presentation of what I was about at age you know 17 or 18 to 22 right. and I think that is a big driver mm-hmm. I don't want to blame I don't want to blame it all on tech or phones or something so right. everything would be fine without it there's so many things that folks like yourself teach me and counselors teach me that say um, hey, here's some of the reasons why. There's a, it's never one thing. There's a lot of moving parts. So this, For sure. the social, social isolation is a big thing. Um, being Coming here as a student athlete, being part of a team all of a sudden, right. uh, when maybe you've been more individual focused in high school, but now you're away from that focus, you're away from the family support, right. you're, you're a freshman, you're on a new team, you've got seniors to deal with, you've got peers to deal with, and and you've just left as a big fish in a little pond and now you're a little fish in a big pond and and trying to figure out that that freshman year and and figure out everything from there. Yeah. Yeah, those are definitely big things to touch on. I think also, you know, used to be that you can be an athlete and have, you know, have a bad game and tomorrow you'd wake up and okay, new day. Well, yeah, now it's all over. Yeah. Yeah, right. The whole world wouldn't know about it. Totally. You know, yeah. Maybe just the locals or yeah, something. Yeah. Now it's yeah, slow mo memed, replayed. You yeah. get to you get you get to live it over and over again. Yeah. So it's it's super challenging. Totally with you on the you know how isolating that can be. Tech brings a lot of positives and is a connector in so many ways. And I'd be lost without my my maps. <laughs> you yeah, know. Thank yeah. God there's maps. But but yeah, it's a detriment in a lot of ways. I think. Um, okay. Yeah. Thanks for touching on that. And then what can what can coaches and athletic support staff and, you know, what can be done to help, um, you know, kind of bring awareness to when athletes are facing mental health challenges? Because I know that sometimes it can be really misinterpreted. You know, sometimes it can it can look like an athlete is being standoffish and pouting and having an attitude or maybe not you know, exhibiting like the work ethic that they're used to seeing from that athlete um, when really that that the athlete is dealing with being depressed or, you know, being super anxious. And how can how can people kind of how can coaches help and and trainers and how can they help athletes? In well, I, th- I think coaches have a super hard job. I mean, For you know, sure. I've never coached a day in my life and I always kid everybody, you know, eighth grade AAU doesn't count just because I coached a season of that with my kids. That, that doesn't make me a coach. It dad role. Doesn't, yeah, you're a dad. It doesn't, it doesn't really count. So I, so I got to honestly say I've never coached a day in my life, and I have such admiration for our coaches because, you know, it's one thing to be a support staff and work with the kids each day, but 
but I'm not being judged on the wins and losses. Totally. And they are, and they have a super hard job, and they're trying to take uh, adolescents, 18 to 22-year-olds, and they're trying, to, they're trying to really mold them into team chemistry and deal with all these issues off the court. I, I, I would venture to guess you'd, we'd have to ask real coaches that the X's and O's might be the simple part. Right. You know, mm-hmm. this, this day and age that, that some of the X's and O's are the simple part. It's the habits and the team chemistry and the sleep and the performance and the mental health and the academic and the, all the stuff around being a student athlete that can make it uh, challenging. I think I think the top three that jump in my head sometimes that coaches have to deal with is is how are we how are what's our approach to anxiety for kids? Mm-hmm. Where are we? How are we recognizing and treating the depression? And then you could get into other things like okay uh, cases tougher cases of suicidal ideation and whatnot. And certainly that's present. But I I always what comes to my head too is failure. How do we teach kids to deal with failure? It Absolutely. Used, it used to be that failure and for a lot of kids they deal with it really well. I think that's another thing we have have to remember is that is that people beat up generations and I think that's a little unfair I've heard a couple great talks where hey Gen Z and Millennials they're 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 doing great things in this world for sure they're really on top of it and so before we kind of condemn you know old guys like me start condemning generations heck they were saying that about me in the 80s you know (laughs) when I was a when I was a kid (laughs) in the 80s the the older folks were saying oh this world's going to heck because because, you know, those darn 18 to 22-year-olds. So I think that generational thing's sure. been going on for a long time. Each generation does have its unique factors that made it a certain way. Mm-hmm. So it behooves all of us to understand those factors that are driving that. And, and we're, really, right. we're really working. Uh, our, our coaches here at Gonzaga are great with it. And we're really having a lot of good conversations about that and starting to try to put some research to it to say, yeah. okay, what are the key takeaways, the key tools we can use to build? You know, we talk about respect, trust, and accountability. How do we build those three things? You know, how do we build the respect with the student athletes and gain, and you know, a gain a gain a respect right. uh, with a with a young person today? And then once we have that respect, how do we build that trust? Right. And then we can work on holding accountable. And that seems to, we call it, kind of call it RTA, respect, yeah. trust, accountabilities. And these RTAs are, is a good ways to, to think about uh, then helping understand the anxiety, depression, and, and failure and, and things like that. So the, the bottom line, I think they got to support them. they got to not trigger them and then build the RTAs, this respect, trust, and accountability. And boy, if we can, once we figure that out, we're going to let you know and bottle it totally. and sell it across the country. Yeah, right? the magic, the magic sweet sauce, right. magic potion. I right. love it. And what are, you know, what are some things that student athletes, you know, how can they do a better job of taking care of themselves? Like, where are you seeing um, them kind of get into some some trouble? You know, I mean, I know there's probably some patterns for, you know, incoming freshmen, of course, like there's a lot to deal with there, new transitions, um, but it's it's different for, you know, each group, freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors have their own kind of cocktail of having different challenges. But I think especially, you know, for freshmen with those transitions, and seniors or and, and with the transitions they face and maybe everywhere in between and athletes dealing with with injury and maybe coming to terms with with retiring you know there's there's lots of challenges there and and where are you seeing them needing to do a better job of taking care of themselves whether that be like sleep nutrition all the all the things that we've talked about. Yeah. Let me first back up to coaches. One thing that jumped in my head here, too, and sticking with the coach thing for a minute and, yeah. then, and then jumping over to student athletes. You know, a lot of times 
what what we see it, it's funny one of the best advices I got uh, was hey you know one time somebody pulled me aside and said hey Bill you, you got to start meeting them where they are yeah and mm-hmm. you know they're they're going to be in different spots they're not maybe they weren't maybe on this issue they're not going to be where I was at 18 to 20 you know it snowed uphill both ways when I went to school so therefore this kid <laughs> this kid ought to be able to do this that well right. actually they're not there yet for whatever reason on that sure uh, so so we got to find out where they are I think as coaches and support staff we got to find out where we are we got to meet them there and sometimes yeah. that's painful because you're meeting them way back here way back here on the railroad track you know they're not where you want them to be right. so you got to way back up and kind of meet them where they are and bring them along and I don't mean to make it a you know, all rainbows and butterflies, and we just got to kind of throw up our hands and make everything just easy. And I think we can very much hold people accountable. I know I, know I had a lot of people hold me accountable when I was that age, and I look right. back now, and I'm like so thankful for it. Yeah. You know, some of my mentors really held me accountable, and I didn't like it at the time. I didn't particularly like them at the time. Yeah. But boy, they held me accountable. And now, I'm, and then things, you know, because I was held accountable at that age, when things got really tough later in your first job or something, it, 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 was, it was like, ah, that aha moment that they did. So I think we sure. got to hold them accountable. we got to support them, not trigger them. But a lot of times we see them and, and we think as, as coaches and support staff, well, they're lazy. Sure. Maybe, maybe this is laziness. And certainly laziness exists and mm-hmm. needs to be combated. But, but a lot of times it's just them dealing with depression and right. they haven't recognized mm-hmm. it. Or they're having anxiety and they hold up kind of and right. they haven't recognized it. And if we can get them to feel safe. A great conference I went to uh, called the Way of the Champion Conference in Boulder, Colorado. Cool. It was a really good. One of the takeaway messages from that um, conference was players won't perform well until they feel safe. Yeah. You know, and that might sound a little uh, a little uh, kumbaya too much for some people, <laughs> but really if, like if, if we're trying to win, if we're trying to win games, we want them to perform. Totally. And, and we want them to perform well. And so we want them to feel safe. So, right. so what? What? What's? Hey, how come? How come you're struggling here? What? Tell me the things that. Uh, what? It, and every kid has a story. Every kid has a past history, and every kid has a story. And I learned early on, I was I was being kind of, uh, you know, harsh on some kids to get them to come in for treatment when I was a young trainer and mm-hmm. um, in, in athletic training. We're always trying to get them better and get them to come in for treatment. And I wasn't connecting with them. Right. And a co- and a good coach pulled me aside and said, Bill, you really don't understand that kid's story. And let me tell you, they had recruited the kid, of course, and coaches know their kids the best because they've yeah. been in the living rooms, they've been in their hometowns, they've been recruiting them for two years. Sure. And then we think we're going to make, in one fall semester of their freshman year, we're going to make some big impact before we've ever built respect, trust. We're trying to hold them accountable too early. And these kids, and the, and the coach explained what that kid had been through, and I just went, whoa. Yeah. I sure hadn't had to go through that as a kid when I was that age. And right. it gave me a whole new appreciation and understanding so I could come at another way to that right. young man and Build say, that hey, hey, what do you think about this? And once he mm-hmm. saw that he could trust me right. and that I respected where he came from and how he got there, right. then all of a sudden we were great. Yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget that coach and really appreciated that, that he uh, that he showed me that. And so that was a neat thing. And and so sometimes, they're and, and then we take it personal. Sometimes when they're acting maybe lazy or they're anxious or depressed or something like that, we, we maybe think they're personally trying to tick us off or personally totally. trying to 
be disrespectful. And really, right. most of the time, there, there's some bad eggs out there that might need, you know, a good talking to or something. But most of the time, that isn't the case at all. We got to meet them where they are, and we got to understand something else is driving that. They're not doing. They didn't wake up in the morning, trying to decide. Well, I'm going to make bill mad today by not right. showing up or being difficult to deal with that's not how it works um but yet sometimes as human beings we take it that way and now we're sure. upset at that person rather than helping them and and they're not getting any better so as far as the student athlete self-care i mean it's it's again it's tough i i love that the phones now i updated my phone and there's screen time it's showing me my screen time yeah yeah and i'm yeah, up or i'm down or I'm, I'm, and i think <laughs> that's helpful for me to go whoa i'm up 34 percent or boy i had a good week i got done what i needed to on the phone but I didn't go down all the rabbit holes all day long to just stare at that screen till 11 at night totally and I got that screen away from me and you know trying to shut that screen time down at night I know as a college student that must be impossible this day and age trying to type papers and study and be up till midnight doing that yeah um but if we can if we can find ways to reduce it uh, find ways to reduce the blue light and, and let the melatonin creep in and, and get us ready to sleep and have a sleep routine and uh, stay on a routine. I think that's another important thing while we're on it is kids are such routine-driven, especially adolescents and teenagers in a way and young right. people. We all like routines as human beings and know what we can count on. If we can make their routine uh, understandable, hey, we're going to practice at this time, we're going to do this at this time, we're going to, you know, a lot of curveballs are going to come, travel, different things that happen in life, we got to be ready for a course, but boy, if we can build a routine, they can perform better. Right. And some of that routine is building in sleep. A, a great coach we worked with one time, I, we were on the road, and I said, hey, what time's wake up, 7 a.m., 8? No, no, it's 10 a.m., we're going to, we're, it's game day, and it's 10 a.m., well, aren't we doing bed check to make sure they're not playing video games? Look, we're going to do bed check, but we know they're going to play video. This was back in the video <laughs> game age before phones, uh, yeah. you know, and it was like, we know they're going to play, so we're going to give them till midnight. Yeah. And, and we know that even though we do bed check, they're probably going to turn the video games back on. So we're going to, we're going <laughs> to set up the structure and the, and the system to help them to where we're going to, we're going to try to get our machine to perform. How would we treat a, yeah. you know, a race I car if we were going to get the race car ready totally. to go? You know, what's the best way we can get performance? And that's something I think they do well here at Gonzaga. I think right. they, I think they, they understand things. It's not always easy, and certainly there's early wake ups and things like that, and early workouts all the time. But when when they can and when we can, we really talk about structuring a, a way to do that. Self care, you know, meditation, yoga, reading. Swimming, something different than their sport, is always important. I think we've got a we've right. got a great yoga program. You've you've taken that over this semester, and we really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, the yoga part, just a think about it, just an hour to stretch and strengthen a little, and be around others without a phone. Right. What a great yeah. what a great hour to have. Connect with that. And, and invest in your brain um, and body. Teaching them how to meditate. Uh, some of the individual sessions we're doing with SAC that I know you're involved with. Those are just huge that they can see that that's a normal thing to just kind of build into the routine. Totally. Yeah, I think it's really important. I mean, you touched on this, just the transition away from, you know, we're working smarter, not harder um, necessarily. And, and the co- the coaches that latch on to that and, and the teams that latch on to that, um, I mean, probably do see like just, just a bigger difference, right? Like the, the kids really appreciate, the athletes really appreciate you know, that, that extra bit of recovery time and good coaches recognize that, 
you know, yeah, if they want their machine, if they want their performers to perform at, at a high level and to really optimize their performance, they need that necessary, um, you know, recovery time. Like our bodies need time to recover, right? We can't just go boom, 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 you know, knock things out and, and just expect to perform on minimal sleep. And, and um, yeah, and I, I love that. Whoever said, you know, building, building that time that they're going to be on their phones and they're going to play video games or whatever, just into the schedule. It's, it's just smart. That's meeting them where they are. I, I really love that. So I know your day is just crazy. I'm around you a lot of days <laughs> and it's, I call Bill the unicorn because he's just so hard to find. And I'm just so grateful for every opportunity that I get to spend with him and soak up his knowledge. Um, <laughs> but you do so much and your head is on a swivel, just constantly just moving and shaking. What is one thing that you do? Um, you know, to, to nourish yourself, whatever, yeah, whatever that may be for you. Boy, for me, Carrie, it's swimming. It's yeah. All, it, it, you know, forever it was running. And, yeah. and I kind of, and it, it's funny because exercise can be an addiction like anything else that can be positive or negative. For sure. Mostly positive, we hope, right? You don't want to overdo it, but... Boy, in my younger years, I was I was a runner in high school a little bit. So I then yeah. I took a long time off of it and didn't work out. And that that just isn't a way to go. It doesn't help you be better at anything if you can get out and clear your head at lunch or get that morning workout in or get an evening walk in. Whatever you can do. Um, and then recently, most recently, it's been swimming. And it, there was some interesting. I was working with a, a swim coach uh, a while back, not for myself. He was a coach of a swim team, cool. and he he was saying, "Boy, you know that being in the water just kind of zeroes it out. If you're in the water, right, you can't you can't look at a phone, you can't mm -hmm. get a phone call, you can't send a text. You're right. just in the water, and you're just swimming. And you don't. And and I tell you, when I started, I had grown up swimming as a kid a little bit. Yeah. But when I started back in it a few years ago. I couldn't swim from one end of the pool to the next. I thought, I'm going to go swim. <laughs> and I jumped in and I swam about a 25 and I was huffing and puffing and I was at the other That's end. That's two minutes of my life. <laughs> and somebody said, what's swimming like? I said, oh, it's just like running except you're suffocating. <laughs> uh, but, but boy, you, you kind of just, I, I can't, kept showing up in the pool every third day or every other day and two, three times a week. And pretty soon you can swim down to one end and the other without having to stop. And pretty soon you can do this. And Pretty soon you can do that. Pretty soon you can get a good workout from it. Yeah. And again, the beauty is, yeah, it's a little bit of a pain to go change and put on a swimsuit and get in water and do all that and then have to shower and after that. But I'll tell you what, there's something about the water. This this coach called it like, you know, it's just that em enveloping, being underwater, quiet, kind of cool. And it was what I remembered from the summer times at the lake. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I did love to swim. Aww. I do love to swim. <laughs> so for me right now, it's swimming. For a lot of people, it's running. A lot it. of people, it's a long walk, uh, music, meditation, yoga, whatever you need to do to take care of yourself so you can be good at the nine to five when you're when you're coming in doing the job you need to be at your best you, you the, the young people here deserve that and um not not saying we always are right but boy if we can if we can do the like had had a had an hour and a half swim workout today yeah and i'll tell it. you what it was just i feel just sitting here right now you've kind of got that endorphin feel i used to remember from running and, yeah and you feel in a good exhaustion and and you just feel kind of calmer and better about what you have to tackle for the day so it's cool right i love it yeah just seeing 
it as an investment in your day, you know, just filling up your cup because you're no good to anyone else. If you're walking around, yeah, you're walking around just half half alert and feeling just stressed to the max and didn't have a chance to get your your daily dose of clarity. I mean, how are you going to show up for people, you know? So I think, yeah, that's a super important message to see working out and whatever you can do to, you know, de-stress as, you know, a necessity and not necessarily a luxury. Um, yeah, I think that's super important. So do you notice the difference on the days when you don't oh, go and swim? Totally. How does it affect totally. you? Totally. It's, it's almost like a, a big downer, you know, it's almost <laughs> tough to like, you know, frick, I didn't swim today. You know, I got, yeah. I got to, uh, I, I got to get it done. And so if you take that time, I've just tried to schedule it in at either 11 yeah, or 12 smart. every day. Um, just something that everybody around you gets used to know that you're doing. Right. And you get used to know that you're doing, you're, you know, and on one hand, maybe it's selfish, but I think, I think on the other hand, I think mm. working through lunch hour is kind of selfish totally. because, because you're, you're not, you're not going to be as good. Yeah. You might get some stuff done and there's no question that we got, all got a lot to do. And I still tip into that once in a while where I look up and it's been a week and a half and I, geez, what, how did I fall off the, yeah. the noon wagon? I got to get back on that and, and do it. And, and that stuff will still be there when I get back. Totally. And, um, That's important to and remember. And if I don't go clear my head and I don't go, you know, get that heart rate up a little bit and, and get some of this out of my system and do that, then then I'm not nearly as effective. And, and I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in myself driving home that night. Totally. I didn't, I didn't get the, the swim or the walk in today. What's going on there? You know, I got it. I got to do better the next day. So, right. Yeah. Is that part of your resolution? Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I, I've gotten away from resolutions a little bit. Yeah. I mean, okay. I love I love the new year. I love the new year that you can kind of get a, a new calendar book out and kind of rewrite your goals and and do that. But for me, uh, you know, and a, a friend of mine was was doing a podcast on resolutions versus commitment. Yeah. Totally. And, uh, um, and I like that idea, and I haven't listened to it yet. I got I got to listen to that one where, okay, I just want to commit to some things. Right. I just want to say, this is what I'm going to do and mm-hmm. do it because I'm a huge justification person or, yeah. or a procrastination person. I'll I'll just procrastinate, and justify you all the way down the line, <laughs> and so I've got to look at myself and say, um, you know, okay. This is what I'm going to do. Right. At eight o'clock every night, I'm going to sit and do X. Right. That's just without fail. You right. Know? And now there's mm-hmm. going to be days, okay, we had dinner last night. I didn't make the eight o'clock. Fair enough. I'm back on it today. Right. At eight o'clock tonight, I'm doing this in my daily routine. Right. At noon, I'm going to go get in the pool and swim. I love it. Yeah. So I'm going to drop what I'm doing. I'm going to walk to the locker room, change my clothes, put my, I don't care if it's raining, snowing, icy, whatever it is. Today, I've committed to walk three miles at lunch. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Love it. And tomorrow's a new day. If and you tomorrow's don't, a new day. give and yourself it, some grace. And it's okay. Because think, the, yeah. Because yeah, the resolution thing, I think we write them and we set them and we have this great goal and, right. and, and, and then, you know. feel terrible if you fail at it and then you're off the wagon right. for Right. And, and six weeks later, you're, you're not doing whatever your resolution was and why was January any different than February or something. So I don't know. We'll see. Totally. We'll no, keep, we'll keep I working love it. On it. Give yourself some grace and yeah, hop back on. I like it. Okay, our last question, the question I like to ask people 
If you could give advice to 20 to, I don't know, 20 to 24 <laughs> year old Bill, um, you know, what, what would that be? What how would that how look much like? time you got? <laughs> we, we got all day. <laughs> you Come know, I, I, oh, I'll tell you what, it's funny. I, I tell my own two kids this. They're so much way more mature than I was at that age. I did a lot of good things <laughs> at that age, but I, I was still working on so much that I didn't even know. Right. I just, yeah. I, I, I had a lot of, uh, a lot of things I could have worked on back in the day that, you know, eventually I did, but I needed a lot of help with it. Looking yeah. back now, if I, 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 I would have, I would have had more, a little bit more alcohol education. Yeah. I would have given myself a little bit it's more. important cause, at Because I think at 18 to 22, you can go out and have fun. And I'm not sitting here saying you should never drink or, uh, you know, I, I, I still drink today and in moderation being an old guy and stuff like that the best that I can um but boy back then as a kid hanging around other 18 to 20 year old kids and and kind of the bar scene and and the the on-campus scene right I would have loved just a little bit of education on blood alcohol content right I would have loved a little education on how to have fun and drink appropriately. Um, right. Do you think you would have listened? You know, I don't know. That's the thing. Probably not. I was in rebel <laughs> mode and immature, and it's still just know, to get it out there. Ten foot tall and bulletproof and yeah. all that. But I think I think what's funny is I can remember uh, in college. I can't. Maybe my sophomore junior year, there was a alcohol survey that came out. Okay. And it was kind of called "Are you an alcoholic?" Okay. Straight and up. I, yeah, straight up. Ten questions. And, and my buddy and I filled them out, and we kind of looked at each other like, whoa, we got way too many yeses on here. What's going on? Yeah. And that one, and the, the, the guy giving the talk didn't make anybody turn it in, didn't make anybody share it with anybody. I happened to share it with my best friend and roommate at the time, and we both looked at each other. And, and that actually, I will, I will, you know, our grades weren't great at the time, and right. we looked at that sheet, and we said, wow, we got to change something here. We're going to flunk out, and, and this sheet says, you know, and we don't want to be alcoholics and maybe we have some tendencies here. Maybe we have some behaviors right. that were, and we talk about that a lot so now that with our student. It did have an yeah. impact. And and the reason, what the point is, is that it had an impact because I decided it had an impact. Right. Nobody stood up and told me. And like you and I've talked, if, if I stand up in front of the student athletes and say alcohol education, yeah, there's some people are going to listen and we might have an impact on a couple of kids. And the research shows that that an old guy like me talking to the student athletes is going to be maybe 30% effective. Mm. If we do what you're doing, what you're helping us with now, Carrie, train the trainer, so to speak, train the student athlete leadership group, and they stay up or they stand up and share this, right. that effectiveness in some studies will go up to 70% yeah. because a peer is standing there. Now, I don't remember the age of this person back in 1986, 87 that stood in <laughs> front don't? of us that day. I don't remember the age. <laughs> I, I just know that I remember that sheet like it was yesterday that wow. I had checked too many yeses and I didn't like that yeah. about myself at impactful. the time and so my buddy and I decided to change so we instead of going out x number of week, nights a week we cut it down a little bit and our grades went up and some right. good things started to happen so you did it with a friend too I did so, it with a friend yeah but it was my decision based mm -hmm. on knowledge I was given and I think that's our biggest point is that we don't want to lecture kids we don't want to browbeat kids but with our student athletes, we want to give them information. Totally. We want to give them knowledge. We mm -hmm. want to empower them not only to. And one of the, one of our uh, you know donors has has really had this vision. Um, we don't want to just impact them when they're here at Gonzaga. We want something to impact them beyond. Right. So for for me that day back in '87, 
yeah. that was impacting. That's I, I'm able to regurgitate that story to you today, yeah. and so that made an impact on me. Yeah, and, and that's absolutely. what we're looking for is a, a, to capitalize on a bunch of those, yeah. so that they can take knowledge. We want them to win, and we want the Zags to win. But but I will say more importantly, we want kids to leave here with a great experience, having learned a lot of stuff that helped them here, no question but can really take on through their life. And I think that's Gonzaga. You know, if you look at yeah. if you look at some of the mission statements and some of the vision and, and, and walk through campus, you get that vibe, you get that feel, you look at some of the inscriptions on the building, and you really become to feel that, okay, this is about making an impact, on a positive impact on a student's life, a stu- in our case, a student-athlete's life, right. for now and well beyond now. And yeah. boy, when you start thinking about that, that makes you excited to come to work because you're like, oh, we got work to do. We got, we could make an impact on somebody today, somebody we may never know. Totally. You know, that, that, I never had a chance to thank that person or whoever arranged that education for us knuckleheads in 87, but it made a difference. Yeah. And if we can do that with our alcohol and education, with our mental health, if we can treat them as human beings and not human doings. Yeah. You know, I think that's yeah. a neat concept that... If we can treat them as human beings first, we know they got to go out in the court and play and win, and there's a game tonight, and yeah. you know all that is great. But but part of the problem with athletics is you get caught up in that cycle to treat them as human doings totally. all the time. Yeah, whether absolutely. you're a coach or support staff, hey, you got to go score twenty, you got to yeah. go do this, you got to go do that, and 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 whether they feel it or not, or whether they admit it or not, we're we're starting to lose a little touch there. Yeah, where, for sure. Hey, you know what? Let's let's treat them like human beings first. Hey, how was your day? Yeah. Hey, how are you doing? How's your family? Uh, yeah. how, how are you in alcohol? How are you in mental health? How's your how's your anxiety this week? Yeah. How, how are you feeling? Yeah, and I if, think and yeah. If, that's and if they can so see important. that, if they can see that um, and feel that, right. then. Uh, then, man, think about the impact there. Not only are they going to feel safe to perform and function, but they're going to have they're they're going to walk away from here, feeling like boy, this place really cared, truly cared, totally, and, and truly, truly allowed us to be better human beings. And that's a funny part. I've, that's what I've felt personally just working here for three years. Yeah, you know, like boy, this has made an impact on me personally. Just being around people that act that way and treat others that way that that's that's kind of a really neat benefit right being at Gonzaga yeah it's pretty contagious um yeah positive vibes here at Gonzaga I mean it's easy to see how well taken care of the yeah student athletes are and it it really does show through like especially in yeah and working with you and and with Emma Moon and and Zach and and Shannon Straw like it's it's super easy to to see um just how how much everyone wants the student athletes to succeed and it's it is important kind of back to what we were talking about with um you know it's pretty fundamental that like you know student athletes and human beings in general just need to feel feel safe and heard and valued and what will happen if if you know we we lean in that direction and Pete Carroll, one of my favorite, you know, coaches, and um, he he preaches that all the time when he moved to the, you know, from USC, from his rough and tumble ways of being the, you know, coach at USC, and to working with the Seahawks, he, you know, asked the question, you know, what would happen, how would the, how would the culture change if I just asked these guys how they were as people and made them feel valued, and, and that culture is totally shifted you know, there with the Seahawks. And I think it's something that's really cool to see. And like, especially watching your interactions with the athletes and 
really you care just so much and it's it's they can feel that you care and that they are more likely to open up and kind of share what's going on with them when they feel comfortable and safe and so it's it's something that's really cool cool for me to watch and kind of learn and, and grow from so i super appreciate well it's nice of, it's nice of you that. to say that carrie I, pre- I appreciate you saying it i think i think boy there are so many examples of good coaches out there mm-hmm. like pete carroll like tony bennett um, like Mark Few, they, you know, they, they, um, you know, Mark, Mark and Tommy really care for their players at the for end sure. of the day, at the yeah. end of the day. And that doesn't mean you can be, you can be tough nosed, you know, you can be tough. You can preach toughness. You can be tough. You can be, you can grind, you can get after it. You can, you can do all those things. I, I would even argue in the military as, as tough as the military can be, uh, from, from talking with friends and family in the military over the years. the leaders that take care of their guys Mm -hmm. they're going to perform well when when, when it it really comes time to do that and and that's athletics too in a a way I mean a much obviously much different uh, set of circumstances in the military don't ever mean to compare the two yeah still high performers but when you've got a team and you're trying to go win and perform Mm -hmm. if that team feels respected trusted and held accountable Man, they you're right, so many great things can happen where yeah. you see a lot of teams across the country, there's just a lot of dysfunction. Totally. There's a lot of yeah. tough, tough things going on and there were some building blocks that probably got missed when that dysfunction then kinda uh, tears through tears through the team and they have some challenges. So For sure. Well I'm so happy to yeah have the opportunity to work with you and Gonzaga's super lucky to have you in a position like this and just bringing to the forefront that mental health is super important and you know in in general especially in college athletics and um yeah the student athletes are super super lucky to to have you in this role and um yeah i'm happy to happy to know you and work with you is there anything else you want to you want to <laughs> add oh we could go on forever Can't i wait. know i could talk no, to you all day i appreciate it carrie it's been great to work with you too appreciate all your kind words um yeah, yeah it's just we we're, we're we're lucky to have you and build that uh, you know we've wanted to build uh, more counselors and i love the master of social work of what you've taught me of that role and and what we can do there and and having that and so that's been a good i've, I've learned just as much uh working with you this year and so that's been a lot of fun and we'll just keep building it yeah let's do it more conversations like these yeah for sure well thank you so much again for being on the podcast and until next time maybe we'll do bill round two we could do a round two. Months. We could do yeah. a round two. We'll, we'll let it. We'll let it all sink in and then think about it and polish it a little bit and have some have some more stories and uh, more ideas next time around. That'd be great. Love Here we to. Go. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Bill.